Here we go. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Shoot the Defence on No Chuftes. I'm still. I've got two regular guests, the returning Saji Burton and Steve Ayn. Our special guest right down here is a gentleman that's played for quite a few big clubs, boys and girls. And as I keep saying on this podcast, we do things a lot different and we bring in the elite. So this gentleman right here has played for Bradford City, Man City, Leeds United, Peterborough United, MK Dons, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, Birmingham City, and Doncaster, if I'm not mistaken, Adam Clayton. Welcome to the pod, mate. How you doing? He's frozen. I think you missed out Leeds United there as well. That's, that's a swear word. That's a swear word. You got me. <laughs> yeah, mate, you good? Oh, teething problems. Yeah, I'm, I'm about, I'm about. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. We're giving us giving us a tour of your yard. Lovely. He's gone into the West Wing. Back. <laughs> <laughs> right. How you doing, Adam? You good, mate? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me come on. I'm um, looking forward to it. Have a good chat about the old soccer. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Lovely. Lovely. Well, Steve, do you want to give our listeners a bit of background on on Adam? Because you know him better than us. Yeah, I've known Adam since he was eight uh, as a Manchester City young boy, one of one of hundreds. And then the um, <laughs> the players the players get less and less and less, and eventually you get signed by the club, um, and you hopefully progress through the system, which he did. Um, I, I don't think um, he would mind me saying he was good between eight to fourteen. But not not certain to be a footballer. Uh, but from fourteen to eighteen, he, he really started to progress um, with good good teammates. But but was a real talent, um, a really good passer of the ball. Uh, could cross um, for Micah Richards and and Ched Evans in particular to score lots of goal with the head. And then eventually he positioned himself, or or, or we positioned him as a centre midfield player. And he had impatient ambition. Um, he possibly, having had a substitute appearance for Manchester City in the first team, you know, could have waited and waited and waited for another opportunity. But he had impatient ambition, and he had an opportunity to go to Leeds United, which obviously is a, a huge club where he could get his career going and, and get his name known. Um, but I think probably he probably best time of his career was I think seven years at Middlesbrough. There was Huddersfield after after Leeds, I should say, uh, where I was working with him at that time too. But I think seven, seven years or so at Middlesbrough, as they were getting better, he was absolutely brilliant with Grant Ledbetter in the centre of midfield. Um, and I think we'll go down as one of, their, one of their best players, I think, in the last 20 years, if you ask a Middlesbrough fan. And then as now uh, via, via hey. Birmingham City, has been at Doncaster Rovers, and I think now, and um, probably uh, the, the hard, the older you get, the harder you you, you 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 train. He's probably as fit as he's ever been, and he's ready for his next challenge for next season, which he uh, at the moment is not attached. I don't. I could speak all day, but I don't think I've missed too much. Has he missed anything, Adam? <laughs> uh, probably only got one thing right. One of the best players in twenty years. Um... Oh, come on, <laughs> let's yeah, go. No. Come on, it's, love it. Uh, that is weird hearing hearing Steve talk like about me. He's normally to me. We've we've obviously known each other a long time, so it's it's nice to hear to hear them words. And yeah, he's spot on with with the the info given. 
Adam, I, I always praise Steve to everyone that asks me questions about him. And he is one of, if not the most genuine people out there that I know anyway. And how, how can you describe Steve as a coach and as a person? I'm sorry to do this to you, Steve. This isn't, this is your life. Don't worry about it. It's, it's all good. Um, just as a man of detail, he sees, he sees the things that, only experienced eyes see, uh, and he sees them within within milliseconds. Really, um, you think you've got something that he's not noticed, and you you throw it into him on the text, and he's already he's already wrote his reply out. It's ready to come back, you know. So, yeah, he he knows the game. It's it's all he does. He he loves it. It's it's his passion, and yeah, he's, it it comes out on the training field. It's all he cares about. All he takes it home. He he he, he just thinks how. Can how can he make someone a better player and person? I found in the la- in the latter stages of knowing him now, um, obviously as a, a a man's coach, obviously I knew him beforehand, but he cares about the person as well, um, which is I think a really good trait about these days. That'll do, yeah. still. Perfect. There, there you go. go. There you go. Well, brilliant. Well, I hope to see all three of you back in football very, very soon. It's it's nice to see good people in the game, in in a sport which has become more and more, I'm just going to say it, corrupt, but I'm not going to go into anything else because I'm basing it off Cypriot football and that's my bread and butter. But anyway, let's talk Premier League. Let's talk transfers. And Sad, your team, Arsenal, the team that you support, have signed Kai Havertz. It was leaked before it was officially announced. We spoke about him briefly last week. Are you thrilled or are you a little bit on the fence with this one? Uh, not really too much on the fence. As I stated before last week, um, I think Arteta has done a good job with uh, transfers. If you look at the transfers, over 20 million or so. Um, I think there's only one questionable one at the moment, and that's uh, Vieira. But he's only had one season. He's quite young. So uh, he's brought in some good experience with Havertz and hopefully Rice and Timber. So, uh, I mean, with the transfers, I definitely trust uh, what, what what he's bringing in for sure. Adam, I want to ask you this about Kai Havertz. At Chelsea, he had, uh, to use Steve's words, hit, miss or maybe. Sorry, Steve, I'd say you borrow that from you. I use that quite a bit, to be honest now. But to be fair, he scored a goal in the Champions League final. He scored the goal in the World <laughs> Club, Club Championships. We know how well he did at Leverkusen. He's done well for the German national team. But then you look at the amount of head coaches Chelsea have had in his time there. It, does it surprise you that he hasn't been the signing that Chelsea wanted him to be, given the amount of coaches that have been there? Um, yeah, I think he's one of them. He's one of them players for me where look at me, you've got he's got the lot. He, he can he can do most things. He's not he's not something you you wouldn't say he could do. Maybe he could be better in the air, but um, he frustrates me at times. You think. He's probably got that five or ten percent more in him in his game. That more goals, more more assists. For me, Arteta would I have took him? Probably, maybe not. But do I think he'll do well? Yeah. At the same time, because he's obviously a very technically gifted player, and he's going to go into a team that full of confidence, um, great way of playing, great style, and and are on are on the up. So he could turn out to be a, a really Really good player in their side, and the way they the way the way they want to do things. But looking at his performances, would I have gone and got him? I'm I'm not sure. But he's he has got the ability to to go and do it. So could be a masterstroke. Could be a sold back to Germany in in two three years. 
Absolutely. And, and Steve, I don't want to talk about Declan Rice, Declan Rice just yet, but if you look at Arsenal's midfield at the moment, there's still a chance that Shaka is going to leave. So let's say Shaka does leave. Where does Havertz fit in the Arsenal lineup? Because you're going to see Partey there for sure. You're going to see Odegaard. So it's either going to be Havertz, Vieira, or I guess Lokonga as, as possibly the, the, the third option. Where would he fit in, in a playing system, do you think? I think like so many, with an eye for goal, I think you'd have to say as a number 10 uh, behind Gabriel Jesus, really. And if Martinelli was on the left and, and Saka was on the right, and that was your front four, then they're, they're going to have a good season again, you would think. But he can play off both sides of the pitch. He can play uh, both sides of centre midfield. Uh, and obviously, the, he can just about play as a centre forward. Um, well, I say that, he's scored in a Champions League final doing it. He's played for his country dude, so he can play as a centre forward. I think with the amount of games that they play, I, I, I don't see him playing the amount of games that Saka plays last year and, and will play next, where he's a stick-on to be on the team sheet. But he'll be a big player for them, and it might be still that I know people, I know I know Adam, you know, likes to get settled, but equally you'll play anywhere for the team. It might be that he knocks in 35, 40 games in about three different positions. So still a lot to answer for me. But I think if he could pick himself in the team, I think he would be behind a striker. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense in terms of how he's played or how he's been deployed in the past. Now, let's turn our attention over to Declan Rice. We know the deal isn't done yet, but we're hearing all sorts of stories about a new offer, Man City putting an offer. And apparently, according to some journalists, they said that maybe City were asked to put in an offer. That's by the by. Saj, obviously, signing Declan Rice would be a big statement of intent for Arsenal. I think that he has the natural-born leadership DNA, so to speak, as we keep hearing. But at the same time, is this a player that that you think can can cope with the price tag if it were to happen? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, I mean, I watched a few programs of him. I watched that overlap program with uh, Gary Neville, and he seems very level-headed, very uh, intelligent uh, person, boy man whatever you want to call him and he seems he seems very down to earth and I'm not sure that'll get to him I think he just likes getting out on the pitch and giving a hundred percent and you know as I stated before I think that's definitely something that Arsenal's missed in uh uh in previous years and uh Arteta's certainly bringing back to the club where all players give a hundred percent and that's the minimum that you give oh absolutely and, and Steve Rice isn't I don't see him as like a holding midfielder, like the Makalele role. I don't see him as that kind of player. I, I'm just assuming that Partey again is going to be that guy to be uh, the guy to break up play. So again, you've got Havertz, you may have Rice there, Odegaard. Are we talking about a midfield diamond four? Or is it quite interesting to be fair, man? I, I never really thought about it until now. No, I'm prepared to commit early that um, I think he's the nearest thing in potential to the John Stones position um, uh, that, that, that you could you could find. Trent Alexander-Arnold is doing it from right back into midfield. Pep Guardiola has revolutionised tactics by doing so, but let's not forget he tried to do it with Dabaleta, he tried to do it with Walker first. Arsenal already have Zinchenko going into midfield. I'm convinced that Declan Rice will end up as a defender. And if it's a defender these days that goes into midfield, he's absolutely perfect for the role. I think he really, really struggles getting the ball from left to right, right to left, swinging the play side to side. I don't think he can move his hips and his feet quick enough. 
I don't think that he passes through balls through for strikers to score. I think he's a defender playing in midfield. I think he's good, but I think he's a defender playing in midfield. And I think eventually he'll be he'll be exactly that in position. He's having all those games for West Ham with a defensive mindset. And I think you can go to Arsenal and be a defender and yet still step in to do the team's half. They're so-called crying out for a, a defender. They might have one ready to sign right under the nose. And Adam, I don't think £100 million is... sounds really stupid, but it doesn't sound like a huge sum of money given the current climate, if you think about it. Given that the lad is 24 years old, if he signs a six-year deal... You know, I'm not, I'm not great at maths, so it's, what, 15 million a year, something along those lines, if you want to break it down that way. So, if you think about it, it's not bad, given that he's an inter- England international, right? Oh, for me, especially in, in I'm annoyed for the big box. It's a snip, not, not out of the norm. Um, and again, like Steve, you're probably buying two, three good players there in, in different positions, so yeah, I think that's a really good buy. Um, I think Pep and uh, um, Arteta have, have done well in, in terms of City going in for a bid to get it over the line for him. Um, I, I don't think City really wanted him, uh, but I think he helped his mate get get it over the line. But no, really good player. A player I, I watch really closely because he's, he's sort of been playing in my position, uh, defensive midfield and He's got the he's got the legs to to get around the pitch really well. He's got good passing range. Like I say, he's not great at, at probably getting the ball off fullbacks and getting it across the other way, but he can drive with the ball, and that's a, a real good skill for a defensive midfielder. Is to be able to drive with that ball when when you're under pressure. It it gives you so many more options. You know, I can see him being a real top player for many years. For sure, I agree. And Serge, what about the right-back situation? Because apparently Timber is another signing, potentially, for Arsenal. Would that be the last one for, for the summer, you reckon, if he comes in? I'm not too sure. You never know with Arsenal at the moment. I mean, there's there's a few um, rumours about another midfielder coming in. And, you know, I think what they're desperately missing is someone to replace Saka to give him a rest. Because I think, his, as I said uh, last week, I think the last five games of the season is non-existent. So, um I definitely think they need a cover for the left left sided um, forward, but you, you never know. Arsenal kind of pull things out last minute. If you look at the um, Vieira when they signed Vieira, totally unexpected, and that wasn't even on the, in the papers or rumored to be, you know, coming to Arsenal. So you know, and it's very early on as well. Remember, like they've just gone back to pre season now, if that. So, um, you know, you've still got till the end of uh, August, if I'm correct. Or is it beginning of the season now? Have they changed it? Probably end, probably end of the August anyway, there or thereabouts. We're surprised. Yeah. We're surprised. Yeah. But, so, Arsenal have clearly reinforced and it looks like, it looks like they're going to reinforce even more, which they would hope will push them closer to challenging City next season. But, obviously, looking over their shoulder, there's a team from Merseyside that have spent... Quite a bit of money on Sopaslai, the uh, the Hungarian attacking midfielder, who I, I like. I think he's very good, especially from dead ball situations. He seems like a baller. But the question is to to everyone, you know, whoever wants to jump in first, feel free to do so. Signing another midfielder for Liverpool means they now have McAllister, Sopaslai, uh, Fabinho, and Harvey Elliott. Oh, and Thiago Alcantara, and also who else have they got there? Henderson. Henderson. Henderson, so there's, there's big talent there, don't get me wrong. So, does this mean that Klopp is still going to keep 
Trent at right back because we saw him play central midfield, or does he kind of like start as right back and then move into the central midfield? Or what do you what do you guys reckon? Exactly that. What you've just said there. Exactly that. He's done it so well and then done it for England, uh, albeit against weak opposition. Um, yeah, and 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 Liverpool's season had absolutely halted, stood still, sat still until that tactical move. Whether he stole it off Guardiola or not, you know. The best, the best comedians steal the best jokes, so they say, you know, around the circuit. And the best coaches have got to do the same. So they've got their own style and ideas. But, you know, why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you steal off the best? And in putting Alexander-Arnold from right back into centre midfield with that range of passing that he's got and that last pass that he's got as a cross and that shot from the edge of the box, it basically um, jump-started Liverpool's season. They'll definitely go that way, I'm certain. Yeah, they have to. They have to. He's he's too good. He's too good at the position. He his assists from from right back are extraordinary. And, and you're moving that you're moving that twenty yards further up the pitch. So it's it's just going to create more more for for the players they've got up there. And yeah, he has to play midfield. For me, Stel, whoever gets picked next season, left wing for Liverpool will have a fantastic season. Whoever is chosen there will have an amazing season because they'll win lots of games, they'll have lots of possession, they'll have lots of attacking play and Alexander-Arnold will switch the play with a diagonal pass right foot to left wing and bring the left winger into the game at any moment. Whoever gets picked left wing for Liverpool next year will be brilliant. Well, that's a very, very good point, Steve, because when you think about it, I know Darwin Nunez was deployed as effectively the left-sided striker. So perhaps... Klopp in his head thought next season. Let, let's try out for now because let's try out till let's see if we get top four. If not, then at least we've got a rough idea of how we're going to play next season. Perhaps signing an additional midfielder to give Trent license to move into that central midfield spot to do exactly as you said to, to play the balls into the wide areas. And look, Darwin Nunez, people criticise him. I think he obviously needed time to get used to the Premier League, getting sent off on his debut or his home debut wasn't great, but he's fantastic in the air. And I think these days, a lot of defenders aren't good with the physicality. I don't know. Well, yeah. And as long as he keeps, you know, passing the ball side foot to Mo Salah, because you don't want to keep pinging it across the pitch and not letting the best player who's just 10 yards away from you, uh, the one of the best players in the world, not have enough ball. But if he can do a 50-50 split of bringing both wingers into the game for Liverpool, they'll be brilliant again next season. For sure. And Saj, we saw last season at the beginning, Salah started off pretty slow and then come the, the tail end of the season, he, he was firing on all cylinders. Now, with, with these signings, are you confident to see the best Mo Salah back again? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, 30 goals. Well, did he get 30 goals last season? I mean, that's still an amazing feat. Um, I think... Yeah, well, I think I think um, they had injuries at the beginning as well, didn't they? So I think that troubled them throughout the season, and then you know they they didn't didn't get consistency in their team and in the team lineup. So I, I think they will come strong next season, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll get a Champions League place. But I'm not sure if they'll be uh, challenging right up there. Not too sure. Okay, okay, fair enough, Adam. Madison joined Spurs. He got his move. I'm I'm surprised he went there, to be honest. Not because Tottenham are, are a bad club. I'm not saying that, but I'm just surprised that no one else went in for him because he, he clearly is a, a quality player. But I tell you what, it's a steal, isn't it? Forty odd million. Oh yeah, you take him, take him all day as one of the the top four, top five. I'm surprised United didn't try um, a little bit harder to to get him in. I think he's he's a player with 
unbelievable quality. You get the set pieces, um, his assists in and around the box. And I think he's got the, the personality to take the big stage quite well. I think he's he's that way inclined, really, really confident. Met him a couple of times. He seems really like he could take that sort of that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'm surprised United didn't show a bit more interest. Even even an Arsenal to an extent, um, you could compare him with sort of the number ten role, Kai Havertz or, or James Mad- or Madison. So yeah, it's still obviously a great move. Tottenham massive club to be new manager. Um, if they keep Harry Kane, they'll be looking to do big things. So brilliant move for him. Um, and I'll, I expect him to to probably go and push his numbers up towards the, the, the ten goals, ten target would, would be where I'm at for him. Really going into a, a top five team. And especially if Harry Kane stays, yeah, of course. If 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 he does stay, and like I said, they played a few games together with England now, so they'll they'll be looking to 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 try and to try and crack on. And and like I say, I think his numbers are the only thing that stops him going from the sort of where he's at to to the the big big boys. Um, so if he goes and gets the the ten assists, ten goals plus, then he's a top player. Steve, does this kind of signing make Harry Kane consider staying? Because obviously, I'm not, I'm not in Harry Kane's head, so I'm not saying whether he wants to go or not, but chances are that there's going to be interest from other clubs. So mm. if Postacoglu sat him down and said, right, I've got a project, I've got an idea to bring in more players, I want to keep you for at least one more year because he's got a contract until the end of, end of next season, I believe. So would signing someone like Madison make Harry Kane think, well, do you know what? We're turning a, we're turning a corner now. We're turning a corner. It would still, but, but you know, if I just push this a uh, bit of devil's advocate tactically in terms of what is Madison's best position, his best game for England was left wing, right foot at Wembley. He played in, I don't like the word, but he played in a pocket on the left-hand side and he was coming in and he was rolling in towards the number 10 position. He can play left and right and I think that would suit Harry Kane. But if he played number 10, now obviously that would mean he's behind Harry Kane it would absolutely revamp Harry Kane's career, maybe for the best, but also maybe for the worst. Now, he could then be an out-and-out centre-forward and just hang around in the box. But what we've seen over the last three or four years is Harry Kane dropping into the number 10 position, dropping into his own half. Now, he won't be able to do that if somebody like Madison is there and they're in each other's way and in each other's space. So, depends where he plays him. I don't think he'll play number 10 because Harry Kane has still managed to get 30-odd goals I don't think that will change because I think Harry Kane enjoys the role. So I think Madison will play on the right wing, on the left wing and occasionally drift into the middle of the pitch. And I think Kane will carry on being the same player at the same club and, and being, a brilliant, being a brilliant player. But I'm not as certain as everybody else Fair enough. And Saj, um, given what Steve just said about Madison playing on the flanks, with Spurs losing Lucas Moura, who's left the club after a few years, do you think he will settle in to a, a, a winger's position? Especially because, look, you've got Son on the left-hand side predominantly, don't you? So I think it'd be difficult to dislodge him. No, I, I think Steve's right. I think they, they lack cre- creativity in the central midfielder or the, in the central areas behind Harry Kane and I think he's a perfect person to go into that kind of area for them. Um, although I think he's a very Spursy player. He'll do well when they're doing really well, but then he'll, he'll go missing when I me personally, I think he'll, he'll go missing when 
the times are hard. So you know, just... shots already. These Arsenal fans I know, man. Man. a couple signings and they're getting Larry. He's a very spursy player. That's, that's what I'd say. But um but I think he'll do well there. He's he's kind of got the personality to play for uh that kind of club. Things you never hear about him getting into any trouble or anything like that. His disciplinary record is fantastic. His goals to games ratio is brilliant. You know, especially no disrespect to Leicester City, who were really struggling last season. You know, he was undoubtedly their, their their best player. So I think this is a very good step up for him. And I think Spurs fans should be very, very excited, no doubt. Um, but I, I want to turn our attention to Man United at the moment. I really wanted to be honest, but Mason Mount is linked with the club which is, okay, fair enough. It is what it is. And then today they're linked with uh, Alessami, the central midfielder from Fiorentina. He's a Moroccan international, did very well at the World Cup, uh, holding midfielder. Kind of like, okay, I don't, I don't want to compare him, but similar role to Jude Bellingham, not a similar, similar player, because clearly there's levels here, but a similar kind of player. Gents, is this a kind of signing that Man United need to challenge for the title? Because no disrespect to Alisson, I'm sure he's a good player and I'm sure he's a nice guy. But if you want to be competing with Man City, there are levels, right? Yeah, for me, for me you don't touch the quarantine. I think he did have a really good World Cup. Um, but I think he did that on adrenaline. Um, being in a World Cup for his country, I, I, I thought he was brilliant. Probably one of the players of the tournament, but I have seen him a couple of times. Um, and he's, like you say, these levels. He uh, he's not he's not a signing that's going to take you back to to the to the top of the league for me. Um, the Mason Mount, I think, is a good signing. Um, playing against him when he played for Derby, and uh, I, I was probably in my prime then, probably twenty six, twenty seven. He must have been 18, 19, and after 10, min- 10 15 minutes, I'm thinking, who's this kid? Um, he was really, really good in Frank Lampard's derby team. Him and his mate that's at, at Bournemouth now, Wilson Fulham. He's at Fulham now. Yeah. Uh, really good player. Uh, I think he lost his way a little bit uh, in terms of confidence, but Chelsea have in general. Um, so I think, I think he'll be a, a good, energetic, busy won't really he won't do anything wrong for you, he won't he won't he won't let you down. Um and he'll come up with some with some good stuff if you put the right people on him signing. Steve, I haven't had the chance to check Mason Mount's appearance stats from last season, but from what I remember he didn't really feature much at the back end of the season, if I if I'm not mistaken that is. Um so is is this a gamble from United or is this just like a, a second chance for Mason Mount to, to play at the highest level? Well, can't hear you. Try again. Can you hear me still? Yeah, there you go. Um, it's not a gamble. It was only 12 months ago that he was getting picked by his national team. He was getting picked by all his managers. Chelsea's managers kept changing. Everybody said they loved him. Um, he's a great player. I believe he was having a medical this afternoon. So, so that seems really, really close. Um, he shoots from the edge of the box. He runs into the penalty area. Uh, and I don't think Manchester United are making these signings to challenge Manchester City for the title. They've got to try and hold Liverpool off and they've got to try and hold Chelsea off and they've got to try and get past Arsenal before they even think about competing against Manchester City. So I certainly don't think it's a signing that can challenge, but it's a signing that can improve them. 
No disrespect to these players, but McTominay, Fred, 14 yellow cards of Casemiro and two reds. Ericsson looked really slow in the cup final. He's only going to get slower. So I think it's a really, really good signing which can help United in that mini league, which doesn't include Manchester City because they sit at the top of it way above anything else that's around them. So it's about competing against Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal. And it's a good signing in my opinion, yeah. Oh, see, there you go. See, even I'm making mistakes. I'm like, Christ. Um, so where does Mason Mount fit in United's system? Because uh, as far as I remember, again, at Chelsea kind of played as the, the like a left-sided left number 10, I guess. you got the number 10 and not like a left winger, but in between the... I can't even explain it. Like a support striker, if we're going pro-evolution soccer back days, you know what I mean? <laughs> but there you go, see? See, speaking my language. Uh, so, um, yeah, wh where does he play? Does he play on the right-hand side? Because obviously Rashford is is going to make that left-hand side his own. And I'm assuming United are going to go for a striker. So... Oh, being me personally, I think he takes over that Ericsson role, to be fair. Running in, but more more of a runner into the box. Um, I think he's a great signing. I think he's a great player. As 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 uh, Steve said, last, last year he got into every team. Um, I think Chelsea just had terrible, poor management last season and, you know, a terrible turnover of players. And I think they'll, uh, Man United will eventually get a bargain for sure. I think he'll turn out to be a great player there. I think it also gives United options when it comes to dead ball situations because obviously Bruno Fernandes is the main guy to take corners and, and penalties. But I think Mason Mount is, is fully capable to do that. And on top of that, like you quite rightly said, in terms of his, his range of passing is fantastic. Fantastic, but he also likes to drift inside from wide areas. So, again, it's that element of surprise. And he shoots from range, which I, I didn't see United do much of last season, in all fairness. I didn't see much of that. Yeah, there's not many many teams that shoot from range now, but he's obviously one of the few players that are capable of scoring from a long range. So, that's another uh, tool in his, uh, in his box, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. Ah, Tonali has joined Newcastle United. Now that that came left field, I guess. I know there was a few murmurs about it, but for him to to leave AC Milan and join Newcastle United, um, I don't think uh, I don't think he's a player that won't surprise people next season. I like him. I've liked him for a long time. Very good player. I'm sure Milan fans are bemoaning the fact that he's left them to join a, a club like Newcastle. But obviously, you know, the Premier League is is the big league at the moment. You know, and players leaving various countries to, to, to come out here. Adam, what do you think of this signing? What do you think he will do for Newcastle next season? Oh, this is this is my boy, this Sandro Tonali's football manager god. <laughs> I've signed him many, many times. He's took me to Champions League glory, so I, I can't say a bad word about him. <laughs> no, he's a um, very technical player. Um, passing range, really good. You could... Obviously, he's not there yet, but you could go in the sort of the the Perlo type, um, sitting midfielder with a long passing range, can get out of tight situations. Um, I've not watched him many, many, many times, but when I when I have watched him, he, he can handle the ball lovely, and he can he can get you from the edge of your box to the edge of theirs with a pass. I wouldn't say he's a runner. Um, he's got that Declan Rice turn of turn of foot where he can he can sort of glide up the field but he can he can beat a man in it a top pass and defensively 
his positioning, it's Italian, you know, they they they, they know how to defend. He, he knows the right places to be. So I think a very astute signing, obviously a costly signing, um, not in his peak years yet. Um, so a little bit of a gamble on that side of things, but I think obviously Eddie Howell have done his done his homework, um, and he'll, I think he'll fit. I think he'll fit quite nicely in there. Yeah, and I think the the other thing with Tonali is that he forged a really good relationship with Rafael Leao in terms of the the assists. And Leao is a physical striker that's very quick, very intelligent, runs off the ball, and you see that with uh, Isaac, another player who perhaps doesn't have the physicality like, like that Leao does, but. The, the pace, the skill, the dribbling ability, he's got that. So I think Tonali will fit in perfectly, especially if he's got Guimaraes or, or Jolinson beside him. I mean, for crying out loud, that that, that is a, a unit of a midfield, isn't it? Brilliant. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jolinson, he's gone from a striker that hit the wall to a centre midfield powerhouse of yeah. like, one, of the, one of the top players in, in the division. Um, and not even an attacking midfielder, like you said, a Declan Rice who can get the ball and, and drive sort of style and bully people and be aggressive. And you, know, you can really trust him with the ball. When I've been watching, he he gets out of tight spots. He, he holds the ball off. He uses his body. He's, he's been he's been unbelievable. And the thing is, Adam, you've you've played, if I'm not mistaken, you played alongside Kieran Trippier in, 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 at Man City. And Steve, you coached Kieran Trippier. He was undoubtedly one of their standout players last season. He was fantastic for, for FPL as well. For me, I was brilliant. No problem. I didn't, I didn't take him out once. But um, in terms of having a player like Tonali there, surely it must fill Trippier with more confidence knowing that he can make those runs down the flank and he'll be picked out almost every time. Well, yeah. Um, you know, they can share, share the spray can almost um because they can probably land a ball on a dime from 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 anywhere and just as you you and Adam were talking there I was just thinking about all the Newcastle players that want to run forward mm. you know and, and and run towards the other team's goal uh for those lads if they were playing with players who just stand still or come towards the ball then you wouldn't see their passing range as much but they've got legs um Kieran always plays well with a left footer in front of him uh, he used to be Ross Wallace at Burnley, uh, there's been others, but now obviously it's Almiron. Um, Callum Wilson is 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 so so fast. Uh, Isaac, like you said, so anybody with a, a good range of passing, Adam Adam will definitely be uh, be able to endorse this because he, you know, has the, that same ability at the at the lower league. But you know, pass a few to feet, but always willing to put the ball in behind. If you've got people that want to run, I think Trippier and um, the new signing from AC Milan will be just heaven sent for Newcastle because so, they've got so much pace and legs. Saj, obviously Newcastle have got the cash to spend. Obviously, they want to better next season because obviously they've they've raised the bar for themselves. Do you think the level of expectancy has gone even higher now as a result of them making signings such as Tonali? Uh, I'm not really too sure. Um, I mean, they're, they're a massive club, aren't they? Um, I've, I've, I've believed that they'll get Champions League again and I believe the fans will be happy with that. And then they can kick on again and progress and get bigger and better signings um, uh, from here on out, basically, from uh, season on season. Um, but in terms of Tonali, I mean, I've not seen much of him, but if you kind of look at most Italian players, technically and tactically, they're very intelligent. So I, I think he'll do well. He may struggle with the physicality, but 
I'm sure after, you know, 10 games in, he'll probably get used to it and probably make a real impression uh, for Newcastle. Fantastic. And gents, Bournemouth have made a couple of signings, one of them being Justin Clivert. That's a, that's a name, isn't it? Patrick Clivert's boy. I know that he had a bit of a Tory time at Roma and Ajax, he did okay. But this is the Premier League, boys. This is the Premier League. This is this is the big boys league. Do you, do you think you'll be able to cope? Not seen enough of him to say, but I, I, I obviously, regardless, um, I know they had that great um, oh, April with Gary O'Neill that got, got them clear. He's, he, he's, it's not kept him in, in the job. I'm not too sure. I got the little bit that I know of him. I expect Bournemouth to be in the bottom five. You know, I'm not going to say straight away they'll get relegated, but I expect them to be in the bottom five. So if you're in the bottom five of any division, how well are you actually going to do? Um, so I've obviously got my doubts about that one. But I'm a talented boy. Okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I think in terms of Bournemouth, they've gone totally down a different route, haven't they? With the, I believe he's from Real Vallecano, the coach. So it's either going to go one way or the other. Like they're going to do quite well, or they're just going to hit rock bottom. So um, and. You know, he's he's bringing in un, untested players or whatever. So, you know, it's, I, I'm not too sure how Bournemouth are going to do, but we just have to, again, just 10, 10 games in and see how they're doing. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't really know too much about them, but they did really well. And I was very, very surprised that Gary O'Neill got uh, the sack at the end of the season. But, you know, owners are now, they're just ruthless, aren't they? Oh, for sure, for sure. Adam, I guess it's a good thing that Bournemouth are, are doing their business early because if you look at the likes of Sheffield United, Sheffield United, Everton, Luton Town, a lot of clubs haven't really started doing anything. I know it's still early in the in the window, but you'd think that they want to start preparing for pre-season early. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I mean, you can go both ways. Are they rushing it? Uh, or are they getting the targets that they, that they want? So it's it's one of them. Only they know. Um, for me, getting your business done early, if it's if it's the target you want, uh, it's not rushed. It's the the new manager's done his due, due diligence and all everything's in place to go, to go to people. Yeah, by all means, go and get your signings done. Get them get them in the building. Get them training. And the other the, the other sides, they could be they could be looking at it in terms of we're not going to rush. We need to get this right. Blah blah blah. Uh, it's both sides of the coin. Uh, only they will not. Only they will know. I think he player does the occasional bit of brilliance, but again, like Steve says, they're going to be bottom five. You don't have the ball as much when you're in the bottom five. You don't as, get as many opportunities to show how good you are on the ball as an attacking player. Um, I remember when we played in the league, our sort of standout player was Gaston um, Ramirez. Very talented, could could do most things with football, but probably only got four, five attempts at it a game. Whereas the boys in the top five are getting ten attempts to to do it. See, it's a tough one. Um, I can't see him being sort of player that's going to be thirty six games and and really stamping his authority on the Premier League. Okay, fair enough. 
Well, one more thing before we wrap it up. I don't want to talk about Chelsea just yet because I don't think they've finished their, their spending or their sales. I think they've got rid of about 10 players, which is incredible. 10 players already. This Most of them have been actually cash sales. Um, but I want to quickly talk about Burnley, believe it or not. And, you know, they made a few signings. Obafemi's joined them and a, and a couple other players. Obviously, the season hasn't started yet and we don't know what to expect from them. But can you envisage a company playing the same style as he did in the championship? Because let's get it right, they played some phenomenal football in the championship. But translating that to the Premier League, which is a highly competitive league, and on top of that, the, the, the demands in terms of the quality, everything. Do you think company is going to adjust everything? Or is he just going to say, do you know what? We're favourites to go down. Let's just go down in, in a blaze of fire, so to speak. No, I don't. I think he will try and do a, do a little bit of it. But let's not forget what his stock and trade was as a as a as a player. He was defend first because of the level that he was playing at. He was he was he was the, he was the captain, leader, centre half of Manchester City. He came from Hamburg as a centre midfield player, a defensive centre midfield player. Um, but he's in at the top level, um, playing in all those top games, and obviously they got better and bigger and more serious throughout his seasons to, for him to become a Manchester City legend. I think he uh, revolutionised the championship last year. I don't think there's been a team play like it. Uh, Adam has, has been in it, but I don't think, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's been promoted out of it. But I don't think we've ever seen a team do it like how Burnley did it. But we've also saw them playing that way against Manchester City in the Cup and what can happen, albeit against the best team in the world. I think he's going to have to adapt. I think he's going to have to be a little bit more pes pessimistic, a little bit more resolute. And he's going to have to play not as wide open because those open spaces he made for his team last year, if he makes those open spaces again, the other teams have got better players and they'll win the game through those gaps. Saj, I don't think you know, a company's going to deploy a system similar to Sean Dyche. Obviously, he's going to want to play some expansive football. But do you, do you agree with Steve in that respect? Yeah, totally. I mean, as a coach, you're not going to, you don't really want to. Uh, detour too much off your philosophy so obviously you'll be a bit more uh pessimistic and when you when you're going into the premier league so you might be a bit more defensive but i think on the whole you'll probably stick with uh a lot of the same um tactics and kind of uh playing style that got him to where he is now if you start changing it that's when things i believe things start going you know haywire and a bit tits up Adam, as someone that's played in the championship yourself, mate, how can you describe that league in terms of the ability, physicality and, and everything that encapsulates the championship to, to our viewers? It's Honestly, it's chaos is the only word to describe it because it's a hundred miles with top, top players. So it's, I think playing in the Premier League, there's more of a... Um, not that there's not tactical sort of stuff going on in the championship, but there is definitely more of a a wait to see when we're going to press, a wait to to see we're right, we're going to go them down that side. I think in in the championship it's just full throttle. If the team's pressing you, they're pressing you. There's no sort of right. We're we're going to let him have it over. It's more just in your face and and the, sort of the the best team wins <laughs> in the end. Um, but some real, real, real good quality. So it's you find yourself in one v ones a lot, um, and the, the the physical aspects. I think that's the thing that's gone through the through the roof in the last six or seven. Years. Not far off the Premier League anymore. 
um, in terms of that one v one physicality, the wingers, the the fullbacks, the 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 lads are just getting fitter and stronger every every year. So, Adam, what was it like playing with Traore? Oh, uh, the biggest specimen you've ever seen, and you're the fastest man on the planet. Honestly, he goes from zero to he's he goes from zero to his max speed in three strides. That's the difference between him and say other fast players. I've seen him do things to Bellerin that I couldn't even do to my daughter, and she's free. The speed <laughs> he went past him, yeah, he's, he, he trains so so hard. He does so much pre-activation and quad, glute, calf, groin work every day. He's got a personal trainer that, that flies over every every week, goes home for the weekends, come back, so he, he doesn't get injured with it. I mean, if you do look at his injury record for hamstring pulls of a player with that explosiveness, unbelievable. He'd come in after training and do 200 press-ups off the bat, just take his top off, 200 press-ups, and we'd all be sat there thinking, anyone got a sig? <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing 200. Like, I, only oh. thought, I only thought Stell did that. Oh, mental. Ah, come on, I haven't been to the gym for a few days. I'm going after this, to be honest. Yeah, we had a, we had a player in the same team, I won't say who it is, who come in. Like lit, lit up a cigarette and took uh, an air dryer in the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Next cubicle. So yeah, no, that was. He's a real, real. I don't think I'll see anyone see anyone like him for a while. Okay. They, they put baby oil on his arms so that when he's running, no one can grab him. Yeah, that was Brilliant. my every game. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Well, gents, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast again. It's, it's been fantastic. Thank you for all the, the viewers, everyone watching live. We'll be back at the same time next week. Again, thank you, gentlemen, for jumping on board. I'm going to put all the social media stuff for Adam and Saji in the, in the description. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and we'll be back in seven days, I guess, unless anything major happens, which you never know in football. Goodbye, everyone.